If the 2020 holiday season feels like it's been a long time coming, make it worth the wait with Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks makes the perfect gift for family and friends or to treat yourself, all shipped directly to your door. They offer everything needed to bring families together for a delicious holiday feast. Their Deluxe Grillers Assortment Package features Omaha Steaks Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons, perfectly aged, hand-carved, and fork tender. Also included are tons of incredible meats, sides, and infamous Omaha Steaks desserts. Right now, you can get this mouthwatering package, plus four free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer, a gift that's on the list of any serious griller, at an exclusive price only available to my listeners. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code VOICES into the search bar. Get a jump on holiday gift shopping with Omaha Steaks, all backed by their 100% money-back guarantee. Visit omahasteaks.com and type VOICES in the search bar to shop gourmet grill packs today. This is a great opportunity to get ahead of holiday gift shopping and have a really great season. That's omahasteaks.com and type voices in the search bar. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. You know, it's it's rare, I have to say, and especially over the last four years, uh, five-ish, that you get to start a show that we, you know, we, we're glad to do here every week and welcome. That uh, you can, you get to go, the Democrats pre- presented a bill in Congress and it made its way all the way to the president's signature intact. Yeah. The stun, and the amazing part, I mean, the, I think the news of the week for a lot of people is indeed not the fact that the $1.9 trillion package, uh, the, the, I mean, Biden's package is bigger than any package that Trump has ever presented. And I'm sure that drags hey on him a bit. Hey, now. But there is, in all seriousness, a, a, a reality to the fact that the Republicans are having a really hard time <laughs> Hey, fighting now. this, uh, right? right I'm <laughs> quit. Don't. Yeah, it's a, no. I'm right. fine with it actually. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the show is mostly Johnny saying "Hey, hey now. now," right? Yeah, it works for me. Um, there, there has to be at some point um, a a reckoning in terms of the Republicans and their voters. One would think. I mean, it hasn't come so far, and certainly the Q crowd isn't. Um, you know, isn't expecting things to go south anytime soon. They're still for, you know, in large part hanging in there. They're trying to make it as best they can, you know, and and saying, you know, Trump's still going to be president. He's still, you know, he's still the ruler of the land. The land and the king are one. Um, And the Republicans have been and continue to court this crowd as if, it's, it's hard to boil down the biggest mistake of the Republican Party over the last little bit, but this is, this is pretty huge. They're still running as if the Trump crowd and the, which is beyond the just MAGA crowd, the fringe that is their activist class, and the Q crowd are worth having. Our reliable voters are... I do I mean, not agree. Yeah, <laughs> no. And, and it is stunning to me personally that the i mean there's a there is in fact a growing number of republicans that are tr- are strategizing at the very least on a way to push back against this 
uh, on a way to turn, you know, the, bring the party back to the Kasich and Jeb Bush wins of yesteryear, you know, to to right the ship into the um, however squirrely and blind sided uh, ethics of Mitt Romney, where, y- you know, when you're gross, it's mostly an accident because of how you, the circles you run in, not because you genuinely think women are a problem that need to be dealt with. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're thinking, you think. That's what Hal and I talk about when the cameras are not rolling. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. You know, but, women, they're a problem. Yeah, exactly. And in the case of, you know, the, what, will, what the remnants of the Republican Party will be, and the strategy that Biden and the Democrats have taken on, and and this lack of I I, I see uh, of respect and fear for Biden on both sides, that there's a there's a growing respect in the upper levels of uh, of government, uh, you know, even amongst the Bernie crowd in the you know in the Senate at least about how functional Biden is. He worked the phones on this bill. He kept it intact. He talked to. Um, People, stragglers who were, you know, planning a, well, we'll withhold all our votes if everything we want isn't in there, including the $15 minimum wage, which, again, would have kept it from passing, not because right. of Democrats, but because there weren't 10 Republicans to be had. There was no way that they could reach the 60 vote threshold that would have put it in the 60 vote threshold. They could not have passed it with the 50, 49 or the 51, 50, um, the Van, the Van Halen vote, um, Van Hagar really, uh, vote that they had to pass. It It is. We're in the Van Hagar age of the the Senate right now. And I'm, what do you think about the Gary Sharon era? Don't get me started on a cul-de-sac that only you and I care about. I've had this argument with the guys in Nerd Halen. It's it tears at us. I feel like they tried to make him sing like Sammy Hagar. Ding. Um, yeah. They, they, whenever they try to, and if fit, they just let him sing like Gary Sharone, that would have sounded great. It would have sounded like Extreme, and that was the problem. Um, oh. It would have, yeah, it would, have, and it would have been the same lyrics as Extreme and that kind of stuff. And and it, yeah, we're not going to swap Eddie Van Halen for Nuno Battenkorter the other way around. I have too much respect um, for, for the, both the, of them. For both of them, yes, for Eddie and the South American people. Um, so, in general. Um, Nuno oh, represents all South American people. He'll be excited to learn this. Uh, does he now? Hold on one second. I'm getting word that they can't hear you, which is, um, apl- aside from the applause, I couldn't figure out what was oh, wrong. Oh, that's horrible because I'm, I am killing this yeah, morning. Yeah, now you are. Now you're on. Now you can. Now it's, yeah, thank you. Oh, it's a sang of Yeah, now okay. it's all fixed. So I'm glad we fixed that. So over there, uh, and, and in terms of wrangling votes, for this bill, uh, there was only one Democratic defection. Um, Representative Jared Golden of Maine, he represents, represents the second district. It's okay to hate him. It's okay to hate this book by its cover. It's, yeah. In, and, uh, and Jared has um, on his website a shot of himself helping serve food or at least getting food at a at some sort of gathering. I can't tell if he's the one helping or not because of the 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 picture's very odd. Um a picture of him with some cows and then a picture of his sign at the Capitol. Um 
And he's got a whole thing on being prepared for coronavirus. He's, uh, you know, he there, you know, he has uh, latest news available. Um, Golden statement on votes against firearm legislation. He's voting against that. It's him and him and the cows against the guns. Golden state legislation. And this is my cows would be against guns. Sure. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Um, This is that thing out of my face. This actually this is his statement on. Why he voted against it. This is a uh, the only Democrat that voted against in the House. Golden, borrowing and spending hundreds of billions more in excess of meeting the most urgent needs poses a risk to both our economic recovery and the priorities I would like to work with the Biden administration to achieve, like rebuilding our nation's infrastructure and fixing our broken and unaffordable health care system. After voting against the $1.9 trillion legislative package to address the coronavirus pandemic last month, Congressman Jared Golden will once again vote against the legislation after it was amended by the Senate before the vote. He released the following statement. I'll vote against the coronavirus relief legislation passed by the Senate over the weekend. While the Senate made modest changes to the legislation, some of those changes undermine parts of the bill I do support, and others were insufficient to address my concerns with the overall size and scope of the bill. Although I support the Senate's effort to reduce the number of wealthier households that will receive stimulus checks, they did not go far enough, and other changes like removing the minimum wage increase or providing a lower unemployment benefit undermined policies that I support. I voted for a $15 minimum wage in the last Congress, and given that opportunity, I intend to do so again. So here's the one guy that held out. Um, is voting against gun legislation and voting uh, and voted against the one point nine trillion dollar uh, American Rescue Plan because it didn't have the fifteen dollar minimum wage and which would have scuttled the bill and made it go away. Um, there is it. It is a. It, it is interesting that. As the one who did not vote, you would think there's a sort of simple way to pocket this guy. That you would look at Jared Golden and go, well, clearly he's conservative. You know, he's a conservative Democrat because he's in Maine. He's got a bunch of pictures with cows and he's going to vote against the gun legislation bill. Or uh, he's obviously a hyper-liberal, far to the left of even the squad because he refused to vote on the bill because it didn't have the $15 minimum wage increase, and that was his his line. Um, And that, in many ways, Jared Golden sums up the reality of democracy in our country right now. That on the Democratic side, there are differences of opinion and strategy that are broad and varied, and the very people that you think you can pigeonhole um, share a good deal of your values, and then oddly will pick something that, you know, sticks, that you go, I don't even know why that is a problem for you. Is there a chance that he was just pandering to his cow-stituents? Hey, now... Um, that doesn't really work with a hey now, does it? Unless you, I don't know. Yeah, it depends on what he's. I wearing. mean, I shoehorned in a cow pun. I think hey now is fine. In I that do. Context. I think so. I don't. I have a. Um, there may be. Hold on. Do you have a Hank hey now? Oh, no, I do not. Of course not. I have. This is the best I have. That's it. That was literally it. That was the. <laughs> I think. So it, I think it quite frankly deserved this. But. But. Uh, 
you know, anyways, next time I'm you nothing make, if not the epitome of a said trombone. That's right. Absolutely. Um, so, oh, yeah, his gun stituents. Really? Mm. I started this and I'm sad. Yes, you should. Yeah, you're responsible for dad joking the show right out of the gate. But this. <laughs> right out of the gate. But, let, but it is fascinating to me. And why I wanted to bring up Jared Golden at the top of the show and the fact that he. The reason, his main reason for holding out was that he wanted the threshold for who gets the money to be lower. Like, you know, 80000 and one sixty for couples was too high for him. He wanted it closer to fifty to sixty, apparently. And, it, and by the way, he's not voting uh, for the gun legislation. And he wanted the $15 minimum wage in there. Which would have destroyed the bill, and I and it and overall, as the one standout, it creates a sort of Gordian knot like political puzzle for those that would support or or defend or be concerned with his legislative priorities as a representative from the second district of Maine, and the dude is cutting himself a swath of of the electorate that's uh, that. Maybe he's shooting for like a, a a democratic version of the Kinziger crowd, where he's like, "Look, I'm they are so they're so mad at him." Yeah, I stumbled across some thread. I God, I was either on Twitter or maybe even like Reddit, where like Republicans are are oh, they are they're like he's a traitor, brutal. Like they oh, are yeah. so mad at him for like just common sense. Yeah, it's brutal. And and like I said, there he's one of that growing crowd that's trying to right the ship that you know, it, which is by the way already capsized and full of sharks, but whatever. You know, we're already at the point where you know, Quinn has been chewed up. The bit giant rubber shark has gnawed the back off the boat. And, and you're but gonna- I, I remember like the the day, I don't know if it was the day after the election when everything was ridiculous and everybody was screaming voter fraud. Yeah. Because I lived in that district that like he was my congressman for a right. long time. Right. And he drove me crazy. Right. And then I saw a tweet from him because of where I live that said, hey, we all want all the legal votes to be counted, but let's not spread disinformation. Right. And right. I was like, what? Oh, right. What? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, I agree. I was like the Fonz. I couldn't yeah. say I agree with him. Yeah. Well, I, and and that is. The outliers in our political discourse right now, which hopefully because of Biden's strategy will start to gain ground, will start to get some voice. I don't know why he's not a guest on, you know, CNN and Meet the Press on equal footing with Lindsey Graham and the like, since Lindsey Graham is you, A, you know what he's going to say every time, and B, none of it ever pans out. We have to take a break, but when we come back, I want to play what Ron Johnson said about the insurrection because I if you were seeking the single worst Republican quote in public I'm sure uh, caveat being that I'm sure in private imagine what they say in private when they think the mic is off right but singularly probably the worst thing I've heard him say, and that's saying a lot. We got to take a break. We'll be Whoa. back right after this. The House Parts Radio program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk, uh, WCPT820.com is the website. And of course, we're on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network as the House Parks Radio Podcast 
Duh. Worldwide. Duh. Hi, Chris. He ends up cutting it. He has to cut the... He, he oh, puts it together. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. We love you, Chris. Hi, Chris. For adding the, for adding the laugh track. Thank you for putting in the... Putting in some, the... No, that's the wrong one. <laughs> there you go. That's much better. <laughs> I, I think the dramatic gong after a bad dad joke is just like every time that would be just so like, great and I meant it right. <laughs> <laughs> holy moly yeah This is Tom Harvin, and you're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of awful in the Republican Party. There's a lot of, uh, re- you know, Russian footsie and all that stuff. And QAnon Ron or Russian Ron Johnson, however you want to put it, has really dug in there. It seems like he's seen some sort of financial upside to being a, a Trump long hauler. Um, And just he just thinks that, you know, we're all in a branding universe right now. You can't, you know, appeal to all the people all the time. You'll never, you know, you'll be a bland product. So Ron Johnson decided to find the tightest, most psychotic niche and burrow in there like a a, like a swamp leech. Um, And this is what he had to say about how he felt during the insurrection. I'm going to put him up over your face for a moment there, Johnny, so people can see the lovely dome there as well. No, and let's face it, I'm also criticized because I've made the comment that on January 6th, I never felt threatened because I didn't. And mainly because I knew that even though those thousands of people there there were uh, marching to the Capitol were trying to pressure people like me to vote the way they wanted me to vote, I knew those are people that love this country, that uh, truly respect law enforcement. Which is wow. Just And this is, by the way, this isn't him saying this. On the 7th, before we found out Officer Sicknick had died and another had lost his eye, you know, that two more had committed suicide, that they were beating cops with Blue Lives Matter flags. Never do anything to to break a law. Never. They would never do anything to break a law. I mean, they were all trespassing. But, you know, only about, you know, 5% of them smashed windows personally or broke things personally. And only about 3% of that 5% actually rubbed feces on the walls. Now, had the tables been turning, Joe, this could be in trouble. Yes, it did. The tables been turned and President Trump won the election. And those were tens of thousands of Black Lives Matter and Antifa protesters. I might have been a little concerned. Um, Wait, what? What? Yeah. The uh, the last here's the last little bit of that. Yeah. Tens of thousands of Black Lives Matter and Antifa protesters. I might have been a little concerned. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he led with Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? Like you you could have just said Antifa and left the 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 sort of vision of masked, black-clad, 
umbrella soup Stop throwing. It. I'm scared already. I'm yeah. scared. Yeah, you know, people who are, uh, you know, soup for my family, bringing soup for their family and throwing um, people coming over with bags of soup, big bags of soup. You know, Antifa and the attacks that, that they. You when know, was the last time you cracked open a bag of soup to feed your family? I I know. I mean, no, this is soup for my family. They're so innocent. This is soup for my family. Um. So. If anyone knows so innocent. Yes. So, you know, and this is this. I would guess, you know, in talking about Kitzinger and then talking about Ron Johnson, this is the gamut in the Republican Party right now. Yeah, it really is yin and yang. Yeah, the polar opposites of this kind of circumstance. The problem is Ron Johnson represents a, a huge number of Republicans as far as thinking. And Kitzinger is, uh, you know, is an enemy in his own country. He's, he's an enemy of the state within the GOP. Um, there is a, and I will, you know, there's a lot going into this bill that's, uh, that's complicated. There's a lot of elements of the bill that deal with um, the ramifications of what have happened, what have, what's happened over the last year, the true damage done. You know, you initially it's think of it. I think of the initial covid bills last year at the beginning when we thought this would be short, that we thought, okay, we're going to temporarily give people UI for maybe three months, maybe four months. If we'll have to do an extension, if we need that, they dragged uh, their buttocks on that extension. I mean, Uh, and you can understand it because I made decisions like that. Yes, I made decisions thinking this was going to be a few months at most. Right. And this it 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 works out to me as a like a medical diagnosis where you they they diagnose you as with sort of a skin condition and they medicate you for that skin condition and there's danger of that skin condition becoming infected and other things like that and for a while that's how you handle it and you re up and they go back and go let me try this prescription it, see if that works and then find out that no actually this is a genetic disorder or cancer or caused by some other disorder that's going to take a lot more treatment to yeah. fix. And you'll die within the next two years if we don't deal with this. It's that kind of, and that happens in the medical establishment all the time. Those kind of things occur daily, I would imagine, amongst doctors and patients uh, across the country and across the world. And very much uh, as, you know, Trump, in, you know, in many ways, like he treats his own physical health, was going, it's nothing. You know, I, I mean, we'll fix it with $2 billion. And the Democrats are saying, no, we're going to give you eight and it still won't be enough. And we're going to need to look at what the economic indicators show when we have to, you know, as, as things get worse, because this is looking bad. If we're looking at how China's handling this. We don't have the ability to handle it the way China handles it because we're not going to put people in metal boxes. And so it's going to spread in a way that other authoritarian regimes don't have to worry about. Um, and we're going to this will be a relatively big package. That, I mean, I remember, you know, as astounded as people were with the, you know, what was effectively a, a one point six trillion dollar package last time with six to eight being directly out and a bunch of loan guarantees and forgivable loan guarantees. There was a lot of malleability as everybody tried to check the depth of this sinkhole that we were looking at. And what what the American Rescue Act really is about is recognizing the depth of the damage 
and making sure that the economy is made whole in a way that, you know, during the recovery of the of 2008, we allowed ourselves to believe that, well, if there needed to be more and it was an issue, the Republicans would sort of play fair. And, yeah, there was still some negotiating room. They were still acting in good faith on some level. They weren't. But their predecessors had, and we had a functioning government, and we were just not aware of just how craven and, um, and morally barren the Republican Party had become. I mean, it's impressive. Could, yeah. I mean, uh, considering, you know, the the womb memos during the Bush administration about torture and the like, that a lot of people didn't see it coming as quickly as it came or that it was unsalvageable. You know, that the awareness that the Republican Party as it currently stands is not a functioning political party. No, it is effectively Trump's wall. No matter how much flail and like wailing and gnashing of teeth you have with the, you know, will Mitt Romney or or Susan Collins or Murkowski or somebody vote um, with the Democrats. Ultimately, it was still a wall. Ultimately, no matter how much their constituents and especially in the states we're talking about. Like Utah and Maine and places like that, they where the Republicans of those states versus, let's say, Texas or or you know or Idaho or you know the like Montana, Michigan, mm-hmm. you know the, the off the res Republicans who are just have, have forgotten all semblance of whatever platform they once believed in and are now full on militia QAnon crowd. Um, the Utahs and the and the Maine and the uh, to some degree Alaska and other places, the viability of maintaining your candidacy if you support a bill that in general is supported by your constituents and overwhelmingly supported by Americans, there's a safety in that. 10, 15 years ago, there really is no version of the Republican Party where a $1.9 trillion rescue package after a a one-year pandemic where we've all been locked down, where we've lost hundreds of millions of of small businesses, where we've lost half a million lives, and and countless others who were were t- sort of tangential deaths, or thousands of others who didn't get the treatment they needed because. They were they were locked away. They were high, you know they were hiding from this particular virus because mm-hmm. they had immunodeficiency issues or something like that. There is a lot to this um, that in an, in a in a sane universe would have brought old fashioned Republicans, the Moynihan's of the world, I guess, uh, that, like the the people that they believed in in the eighties and early nineties to the table. And it wouldn't have gotten a lot, but it would have cleared in negotiation the 62 vote threshold. And after some, you know, uh, 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 the Rand Pauls of the caucus had gotten their chance to filibuster for a short time just to get their message across and left most of the, the Republicans to stay intact by not voting for it. But it would have cleared that 60 vote threshold. Um, that's just gone. Like the idea of even believing in the negotiating power of the Republican Party right now is absurd. And it is why they are arguing cancel culture 
and and the and their fear of heterosexual men posing as trans people just to participate in girls' sports, which apparently keeps them up at night. Um, that that is the entire function of the Republican Party because you are the function. It's all they have. Yeah, if two of your people are whinging about it, but ultimately don't vote for a bill. It's what you do. It's your actions that define the character of your party, not w- even what you say at the podium in your break. Um, so, anyways, we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. this. Is the House Parks Radio Program Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio Chicago's Progressive Talk? Um, Patreon.com/slash House Parks. Um, we're trying to raise our our threshold to a thousand patron supporters. Please Whoop. join us. This benefits me as well. It does. It really does. We actually are, you know, growing as a show. We cleared that 500 threshold, and now we're actually being able to be a real show. It's amazing. Thank you. No weirdo left behind. This is Damien Perdue of Think Theory Radio, Saturdays at 6 p.m. You're listening to Hal Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. Johnny and I, during the break, we're talking about a, uh, a BuzzFeed writer who believes that, uh, whose, whose mother is a full-on Q, still locked in, um, and... But like Q plus, I haven't even heard of these. Yeah, these yeah. She, well, well, the problem is, is that it has to ratchet up because, like I've said before, people would rather be right. A lot of people will, you know, lock into this kind of stuff. And um, the, the, I mean, I, I want to find, yeah, here he goes. Trump may be back. She texted him on March 3rd. Trump may be back. The military has all the evidence of election fraud. That's the Mike Flynn believers. I still believe Biden is not real. He has been arrested and executed (laughs) a few years ago for crimes against humanity. Mm. Eventually, the Biden double will be arrested. That's okay if you don't believe what I believe just because you haven't seen the evidence. I understand. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. Especially on the documents. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Trump, Trump's going to be back. He's coming down here. Uh, he, he's, he's. I talked to him yesterday over uh, uh, erectile dysfunction pills. The the level that you have to keep going with this stuff, and there is a parallel track, and this is kind of what I'm pointing out. There is a parallel track of the QAnons just ratcheting up the lunacy of reassuring themselves that this is still going to play out, that there's still something here. And on the other end... The That's a Repu- lonely place to be, man. But it's the it is, there's an absolute parallel track. There's another arm of this catamaran, or whatever they're called, where in the, in the lane, the other train track is holding the, the regular Republican wheel. And they're believing the same thing, just kind of a watered-down version of it. That Yeah, Biden's not going to get arrested, but Kamala Harris is going to replace him because of the 25th Amendment, because he's losing his mind. And he's got dementia, and it's not a stutter, he's weak, and he's going to step down. And that Trump is going to come back in 2024 and win 
and and probably you know they wink and nod at the he'll pass some sort of bill that allows him that he was denied his first term by fake election stuff and attacks about the fake Russia scandal and therefore he'll serve eight years of, in one fell swoop. I it, it is hard for me to understand how there is any intrinsic difference between those two thought forms. Is it any nuttier? in its grasp of reality than this guy's mom who believes that there's this, you know, there's a dude in a Biden mask running things who, by the way, works for Trump, but is also at some point going to get arrested for what he's doing. I, why would you arrest the, the dummy that's actually doing Trump's ideas? Because they believe that that's what Biden is doing, that all the good stuff that's happening like the stock market going to 32K and all that kind of stuff. is Oh, yeah. It's so handy to be able to just like pick and choose the good things that are happening. Yeah. And, and, and then blame the real Biden for the things they don't like. Yeah, exactly. And and then you've got, of course, the 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 talking point on the on the right currently is that Biden is a uh, is at one time a Machiavellian crook who runs a criminal empire that is unequaled on the planet that would make I'm listening yeah and on the other side can barely put two words together and can't tie his shoes and and is uh, has clearly got signs of dementia can't remember anything and it's worrying everyone in the beltway that kind of thing um, none of which by the way, is true, and if you watched yesterday, his Biden's Rose Garden gathering, where he's name checking all the Congress people and the senators there, talking about t- legislation that they'd worked out and how big, you know, trying not to say this is a big effing deal. Oh, Rocky Mountain Mike, thanks so much. He's got a real job now. Everybody, by the way, what Rocky Mountain I, Mike has a real job? I would like to say that Rocky Mountain Mike's um, uh, his website and his YouTube page are a real job. I, I Rocky Mountain Mike, I take. I, I take issue with what you've, you've posted in the chat. I think you absolutely have a real job. You're a necessity, I would say. Where would Steph's show be without you, to some degree? So, there is, um, <laughs> there is a reckoning coming amongst the QAnons that is very frightening in terms of how cults end. Yeah. That there, the ratcheting up of the psychopathy that's going on in that crowd is increasingly disturbing. Now, there'll be a wind down. There'll be a shame wind down on a big chunk of them. The ones that aren't physically dangerous, like this guy's mom. She. All right. right How do you know this guy's mom isn't physically dangerous? Have you tangled with her? It's a good point. It's a good point. I have it, I have not been to the uh, the QAnon uh, Fight Club recently. Oh, I talked about it. Damn. Ah. Uh, ah. So did you um, ever see that uh, that meme about like I was a few minutes late to my first Fight Club meeting, but I totally recommend it. <laughs> and because sorry, it, I was that was. <laughs> Can't say no good things about Fight Club. Yeah, right. That's no we we use a gong instead of a instead of a rim shot on this show now. That's the rule. That's that is now the sound for bad jokes. I just love the idea of like the guy missing the very first rule and then going out and promoting Fight Club. Yeah, right, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Good. Explain Tell the joke. Everybody. Yes, explain the joke. We'll get it. yeah. Um so you have to. So you see there's this thing where you're 
You're not supposed to. Over the, uh, but here's uh, this is a genuine concern. So the the on on the QAnon side, these people are nuts. I've watched like, and there are religious prophets. I've covered it on my live stream that are still all in on. They've made ten to fifteen solid date and time prophecies about when Trump's going to rise up and you know the shackles will come off and he's going to seize power again. And it's like old school crap you heard about the Judas wing of of the of the apostles, you know. There's the the theory that Judas loved Jesus the most because he was willing to be the one because Jesus said, one of you will betray me. And Judas said, all right, that's a necessity. That's part of the problem. That's got to happen. If he's not betrayed, he can't do his good work on earth. So I'll go and do it. And then when they caught him and and crucified him, Judas killed himself because he was like, that's not how I thought it was going to work out. Right. Is the idea that, it, you know, that there's that side. There's a group of these prophets that believe that Trump is exactly that. That, mm-hmm. you know, he, he sure he became a, a, the president of a democracy. But what he's really going to do is turn this country around and be effectively a Republican monarch. And he and the military is already helping him. That's what that woman's tweet was about or text to her son was about, that the military is in charge there's a fake yeah. Biden signing bills. It is lunacy. But at the same time, the Republicans are courting that lunacy as if it's their only viable base. And at the same time, driving whatever, you know, Kidsinger, uh, you know, Romney base that they might have had. Causing them to run for the hills in embarrassment. You know, now, granted, there's going to be. Fifty percent of the Republican Party that because they had an R in their jersey, they're going to keep an R in their jersey. And just because, you know, the their favorite running back this year where they really thought they had a shot at the Super Bowl was caught dogfighting and is an awful person. And the, and you find out the organization knew about the dogfighting and still kept him on because they wanted hmm. to win. And winning became more important than than just having decent players, hmm. and decent human beings playing a game that uh, I mean, I don't know where I'm getting this analogy from, but, it you know, it works. I'm just hmm. kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. But as long they would rather win the Super Bowl than live within their ethical boundaries. They don't care. Winning, winning in and of itself, that can't be your ringtone. No. All right. Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> um, <laughs> actually. It has, I love that. That can't be your ringtone. And that, I, that's not incredulity on my part. That's an order. No, so yeah, anyways, no, if, over, you know, <laughs> these folks are in the exact same, the Trump supporters, the maggots and Trumpsters, the, the Trump dead enders, the, 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 if Trump is a disease, these are the long haulers, memory loss, aches and pains. Everything seems bad. Those folks are I, I find it hard to argue that they are any different than that guy's mother. Than that guy's, you know, what is the difference between thinking Trump? They're less specific. That's the biggest difference. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, they were for a while. Ru- uh, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. Rudy Giuliani and all those guys were pushing this stuff. Now they bailed on it entirely. And now they're like, in four years, four years, you watch. 
Yes, you, you watch. Um, let's see. Total Race for Bella and, and Drive. Whoop, whoop. We're halfway there. We can do this for Bella. Well, whatever's going on for Bella, I'm for it. Go Bella. Chat room. Go Bella. Yay. Um, for those of you who don't know, sometimes we have conversations with people in our chat room randomly because it blazes by due to the vast numbers of people who are joining us in the chat room. As a matter of fact, our um, numbers, Johnny Million, um, to me. In, in the in the social media worldsage, have grown um, exponentially since this time last year. Um, I believe it. Um, and over the course of just expanding to you know streaming on my Facebook page um, and also making it available on Twitch wherein audiences, audiences can kind of choose. I don't know why I turned into Popeye all of a sudden. Audience gets <laughs> um, Audiences can choose wherever they want to absorb the show. Really helps us uh, and has grown the audience, not just online, but also in our hometown of Chicago on the air. So yeah. it kind of feeds itself. And that's been a really great thing. And I can't be happier that that's what's happening. Because it was we've been the little show that could for a very long time and curiously enough it was you know you know digging in and trying to be a voice of reason during covid that made the you know the difference for us in a lot of ways so we oh wow i blazed past the break we're gonna take a break we'll be back right after this we're also taking calls today 773-763-9278-773-763-9278 we'll be back Now let's get back to Hal Sparks' radio program, Mega Worldwide. There's news reports coming out, by the way, that Trump is more angry about not having Twitter than he is uh, about losing the presidency. I was just thinking about that this morning. Like, what is it's It's got to be so hard for him. Because he, uh, he did it for years. Yeah. Well, and, and in many ways, you know, Twitter itself and, and all the social media you know his his big complaint about them is after uh, Diaper Don trended, which was the catalyst. Honest to God, di- hashtag Diaper Don was the direct reason why he wanted the repeal of Section Two Thirty. That's it. That hundred percent. No other. Not not because there were people. You know trying to sell snake oil about COVID that could get people killed. Why would he be upset at that? Um, Not because, you know, people were having arguments about policy disagreed with. He doesn't even know what policies are. Um, No. No, it's strictly because hashtag diaper Don was allowed to trend, and he thought that Twitter was making it trend. He had, (laughs) honestly, his idea. He just doesn't understand anything. He believed that he was more, he still believes he's more popular than he is. He doesn't understand the campaign bought bots to uh, add to his Twitter account. He does, and because if you tell him, he'll get mad. And so he thought he's super popular. And when he would see something trend that was unflattering, his idea was, well, my 81 million followers or whatever should swamp that with a better hashtag and knock it out of the top trending thing but obviously they're being ghosted by Twitter and they would all rush to my defense and there can't be that many people tweeting about hashtag diaper Don 
to get me, you know, to get that up that high. That and so it must be that Twitter and Facebook and other social media uh, organizations are are intentionally lifting these insulting things that are true about me. <laughs> Um, and embarrassing me on purpose. And therefore, that's editorial content. And therefore, we got to end Section 230 because we got to stop them from embarrassing me by making editorial choices about what trends because it can't possibly be organic because everyone loves me. Look at the crowds, right? Um, yep. and, and then... <laughs> and then... You, ha- you have to recognize that the repeal of Section 230... Would have kicked Trump off of Twitter earlier. Had Section 230 not been there, they would have been liable and responsible for the words that he tweeted. It would become more draconian, what you could say. You would have less latitude to speak. Beyond the terms of service, they would be financially liable for assertions that, that a businessman of his stature had made. He's so not interested in facts. And, well, all of his Trump University things that, it, that he promoted over the years, Twitter would have been liable. Facebook would have been liable for the flimflam that he was carrying on. If they weren't platforms, if they were, you know, if they weren't vetting them, if they didn't have a this is an advertisement thing in structure, which nobody had early on, if they, if they would have been sued for what he had done. And so their only recourse would have been to kick him off. Dude would have never been president without Section 230. Beyond the fact that he wouldn't have been president without Twitter. If Section 230 didn't exist, he wouldn't have had the latitude to spout the crap he was spouting for years, even while he was on The Apprentice. His birtherism crap. Uh, All that. So uh, I think it's fascinating. Let's... um, before I get too late, like low in this hour, let me grab at least one caller so we can, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, get into the folks this week. Welcome. Who do we have first, Evan? First, we got Brian out in Chicago. Cool. Is it the Brian, John? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, Brian. Welcome. Mr. Okay, hold on, Brian. Uh, honest to God, are you using a can of cat food with a piece of string attached to it? Because you need to get your mouth closer to the receiver, or we're getting real hamburger no, phones. I apologize. I... Way better. Hey. Thank you. There he is. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry about that. No problem. I was say, Mr. Kinsinger deserves credit, but on the other hand, defending the Constitution is what he's supposed to do. And about about what? I'm sorry. What, what are you directly referencing? Well, um, Adam Kinzinger and his. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. He's getting credit for like a very low bar. Yes, the bar within the Republican Party is is yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, um, uh, it, you know, a, a cockroach could pole vault it. The the um, but please continue, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. My big beef is that if you go to his website, he's got a video, and 95% of the video is good as far as him defending his stance regarding the Mm -hmm. Constitution, but he had to get the one sentence or the one clause about how the left or the Democrats are going to take the country backward. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like, I, well, yeah. I mean, he's still that, you, he's still run. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that's that is run of the mill campaigning. That's campaign phrasing. And, you know, and take the country back what to Obama right. to Clinton when we had a surplus. But honest to God, right? The, the you know, don't threaten me with a good time. You know. <laughs> Arguably, what the Republican Party is is yelling about Kinzinger is that he wants to take the party back to Reagan, and they're using that as a pejorative. Um, so, I, you know, I don't expect. Right? Seriously, <laughs> I, I, honestly, Brian, I don't know at what point or how they would even. And I can't. I I have to be completely frank. I don't care. My the survival of the Republican Party is of no interest to me. And I've said for a long time that the entire conversation of genuinely liberal to genuinely conservative in this country happens within the Democratic Party. Everything else is fringe garbage. The Republican Party is has left conservative values, whatever those may be, and whatever they meant to stand for, in the dustbin of history a long time ago. And have been running from yeah. them ever since. It's like it, 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 this idea of deficits. How how many times, right. you know, the Republicans ran on this idea. Well, you know, you need a small government. Small government is the answer. Small government is the only way we're going to really make our dreams. A small, if you have to have a small government. Meanwhile, complaining that China is kicking our ass everywhere. Well, there is no singular example of bigger government on earth than the Chinese. It is honest, maybe maybe control structure Iran possibly. You know, possibly the Saudi family. That's a big government. They have control over so much. But the, the irony is that their idea, their way to fight the biggest government in the world, which, you know, obviously, you know, Bill Maher was way, you know, was raging about the infrastructure, uh, the stuff that the Chinese managed to do. I have obviously thoughts on that, having actually been there versus just seeing the pictures in the brochure um, that a lot of the buildings are cardboard and and a lot of the growth in China as far as infrastructure is kind of like the inflatable tanks before D-Day on World War Two. They're not functional in a lot of ways and it's a way to scare the rest of the world economically to bend to their will it's not a bad strategy but it's not real growth but the, the while they're saying that you know the chinese are going to swamp us they're going to take us over if we don't do something the power of our industry well one of the reasons why china is able to gain the ground they have is because of government intervention in the same way the germans protected their auto industry directly and we had to scramble to save ours during the recovery so I'm I'm I I hope we're past the small government bragging part, um, because I want the American government to be equal to the task of the quality of the American people and the nation and its ideals. Because if we're just going to shrink our government so that someone can drown it in a bathtub, as Grover Nordquist said, there are plenty of people lining up for a turn at drowning our government. And they used to be foreign powers. Putin would love to drown our entire government in a bathtub. As would uh, Xi Jinping, as would the Saudis, as would any number of dictators in the world. 
But now we've got the Republican Party admitting effectively that that's their goal as well. Not to just get it small and efficient, but to basically get rid of it. That's what the storming of the Capitol is. That's what the support for Trump is. The Republican Party, I as I hear new, we, new yeah, we're, music, music we're, yeah, we're we're bailing. I'm, I'm, uh, I've got seconds. I was on it. I had a schedule. Sorry. I was. That's Sorry. all right. That's fine. I'll just. I ruined it. I've got, yeah, I I've ruined got, it. I've got. I know. I was going. I was doing. I was trying to be like professional radio and everything. <laughs> sort of semi. We're the double A team. You know what I mean? Um, but in, in reality, there is no Republican Party. That supports any kind of ideal, you know, the idea, the party of Lincoln nonsense is gone. They're after our government. They want it gone. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Now time for the happy ending. Yay! Well, the, yeah, the happy ending, of course, is that we got callers uh, continuing with us, and and quite frankly, that we've discovered our our new uh, you know comedy accent. Um, I think that in and of itself. Um, and Leah, thanks for being on Twitch. Thanks for everybody for subscribing on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Al Sparks. If you want to support the show and uh, you don't want to spend any money, um, and you happen to be an Amazon Prime member. You can link your account to Twitch and you can subscribe to the show and it doesn't cost you anything at all. And subscribe with Amazon Prime doesn't cost you a dime and that helps us out. I mean, that's a you can double up on that one. That's great. Just saying. Um, but let's uh, let's grab these last two callers because I, I want to make sure we get to that um, them because some of them have been waiting. Uh, who do we have, Devin? Next, we got Erica in Chicago. Erica, welcome. Hello, Hal. Hi. Welcome. Hello? Yep, we hear you. Hello. Go ahead. Hal. You're on. Yes, you're there. Hello? I can hear you. You can't hear me. Hi, Hello. Hi. Are you there? What is it? I'm, oh. Yeah, uh. I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Okay, good. I can hear you now. Um, I was listening to your show. Listen, I was watching a show with you when Biden came on with his speech. And afterwards... You got emotional, and I think everybody got emotional about the journey through the year. And yeah. I wanted to know how you were doing. And I also wanted to tell you, like, I was cheating during this pandemic. I would go out on Saturdays for a drive in my car, just with my dog. And I had my radio on WCPT listening to Joan and Tom and blah, blah. And I discovered you. And wow. then I went on online. And I'm watching you, like, right now, I see you on YouTube. Hi, I'm waving at you. Hi, hi. (laughs) I see John right there. But you changed everything for me. And it was so important through your your comedy and everything. Yeah, I see you waving. And how are you doing? I mean, that was really tough. Uh How are you doing uh, right now? I appreciate you asking. For those of you that don't know, um, after Biden's initial speech about the COVID bill passing and stuff and him talking about the people who passed, and there was, I think, one particular part in it where he spoke about grandparents seeing not seeing their grandkids for a while. And it was yeah. that day that I had just mm-hmm. told my dad, this was Thursday, that I, I had just told my dad 
and that we were coming to see him that I was going to get to bring my son to see him and and, and he you know he's on dialysis now he can't you know he's healthy wait what my dad is yeah and so um it, and he's doing well. I mean, he's not a wreck and he's not bed bound or anything. He's active, but it's part of his life now. And it's, and it was, it started last year and going through COVID and watching him go through that and going, now he's got to go to medical appointments and is he safe where he's going and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then still not seeing his grandkid, you know, and wanting to, and we didn't get to spend time there that last summer with him. Like we'd wanted to because of that very reason. So, that day when Biden gave that speech and 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 the bill had passed and the, it really looked like we're going to have enough vaccine for everybody and the safety mm-hmm. part of it will be less of an issue. Um, I, you know, I had an emotional moment. I teared up on my live stream and uh, and told everybody, you know, because I'm yeah, I don't I don't shy away from that kind of stuff. It doesn't bother me. Um, but I know that a lot of people went through. We've all been soldiering this. And some people, stress is one of those things mm-hmm. where people don't realize how much of it they're carrying. You maintain. You have to find a way to, to, to deal. You do. You got to continue to be able to you know, get up every day, put one foot in front of the other and move on with life. But you also have to find ways to mitigate that stress. And a lot of people, I think a lot of the lash out and the crazier parts of, that have sprung up during this in the QAnon crowd and is even symptomatic of people just freaking out that this is a crazy yeah. time. And having the mm-hmm. tools to be able to deal with it, I felt like I had a responsibility to others who were on the edge themselves to try and make sure they're in the on the safe side of the uh, of the canoe wall and 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 because there were going to be a lot of people who were just dropping off the edge of it and if I could contribute to that that's what I did and it so it took me you know sort of it was almost like the one year anniversary but last year before this started to reiterate it for some of the listeners uh, on the radio who didn't see this or don't know. But um, right before lockdown, I drove from Vegas, where I am now, to Los Angeles to get some of my stuff because if I was going to ride out this lockdown, my girlfriend and I were going to do it together as a family with her son and, and, and my kid when he's there. And so we decided, you know, we're, we'll do it here. It's easier for me to move myself than her. So I went and came and on my drive back. I was listening to the radio and people were talking about this and I knew about the the virus and I knew about it in China um, because I've been to China several times and I'd even warned about it. Many of you will remember on this very show in 2019, December of 2019, I was telling people that this thing is coming and you need to wash your hands and, you know, and socially distance. And if you don't go out, if you're sick, we weren't quite at mask zone, but. um, And on my drive back, I, uh, I broke down. I was, I kind of saw what we were headed towards and it was gonna be bad. And the sorrow of it sort of swept over me. I had to pull over and just cry it out. And then as soon as I did, I was like, okay, how can I help? How do I contribute? And I feel like we all, after we've all, because we've gone through this collectively, it's very different when people have a diverse life experience. There's good things about that, but there's also bad things about it because your pain is not my pain. And, and the dis- misunderstanding around other people's pain has always been part of the problem. It's at the root of, of racism, sexism, classism, is that ultimately someone can't feel your pain. They can try, mm-hmm. and we should all 
grow our empathetic reflex and and our understanding of what other people's past, but you can't actually actually. You know what I mean? You can't you can't even pretend to. And but this thing, this thing that happened to all of us. This is even different than the AIDS crisis, which people could stiff arm and believe it didn't wasn't their community, it wasn't their group, it was someone else's group. And it, mm-hmm. I, as long as I take, they deserved it, right? Exactly. There was a big, you know, it talks about that the the two thousand and eight crash. Lots of people made money off of that part of it, but COVID can take anybody, and you didn't know if you'd be the outlier in this. And we're still dealing with it, so everybody needs to continue to wash your hands, wear a mask, you know, practice physical distancing. I don't call it social distancing. It's annoying. I try as best I can to remember to do that. But it's crucial um, that we you survive this and don't get it until you can get the vaccine. You'll be and, and you'll be right as rain. But as we we've all gone through this. We've all shared this. Now, everybody's going to take a different conclusion from it, clearly. And people are going to have different reactions. But there, we have gone through, worldwide, a unifying experience in a lot of ways. That when you go travel, and you will this year, you will. many of you will fly internationally for the first time in a long time. Um, you will interact with people who speak a different language, live a different culture, and had exactly the same experience you did emotionally. Mm -hmm. Same feelings. Same worry. Same concern about who they could see and who they couldn't see. Whether or not their their elders would survive it. Whether or not their, their newborn would get sick. They heard the same stories because the same stories happened in their country. And that more than anything, I think, is something that when you talk about unity and healing and the ability for people to get together, you know, as a as as a community, as a country. That's one of those things where we've shared this. And no matter what anybody kind of makes up their reasoning whether it was a pandemic or whether or not masks helped or didn't help or who was or whether Trump had a real ban or not, all those arguments politically don't change the fact that emotionally we all went through the same thing. We all understood that um, our behavior affects somebody else's, their behavior affects ours, and we're all just trying to survive. We're all trying to make the best of our lives. And please, please, please continue to take care of yourself. Um, I look forward to your vaccine stories. I'm, I'm excited for uh, when Johnny gets his his shot. Yeah, me too. And uh, and, I, and we'll see you guys next week. Um, I, I Thanks for the other callers that we didn't get to. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for calling in. And it's the Housework Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. The podcast is on the Sexy Liberal Network, uh, sexyliberal.com, and a new sexy April 10th.